from the Canadian Football League, the Edmonton Elks. At what point do we start to look up at Edmonton and go, what are they doing up there? Running players out of town, losers of three in a row. Somebody said, Rod, what's your thoughts on Travis Hamannick not getting vaccinated? I don't care anymore. Uh, out of the bunker, into the sunshine, on the road with the Rod Peterson Show. We are, and uh, happy Friday, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show. It's another remote broadcast. We are coming to you from Bo Campers Sports Bar and Grill in, well, what is normally sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It's been very cloudy all morning here on a Dolphins home game weekend, a Florida Panthers game night. The Dallas Stars are in town. We're ready to talk football for Flame Tech for the next two hours. And um, <laughs> I was just saying to the Moose, if we can get him on the screen here, Moose DuPont, that live television, man, there's just nothing like it. It really prepares you for life. Uh, just before we went to air, they started to raise the screens, the shades up behind me here. I got that taken <laughs> care of, Moose. And then we find out that our first, I got the shades put down, but then I find out that our first hour guest, Justin Dunk's flight delay is delayed coming in to the rectangle from uh, Southern yeah. Ontario as he's coming in to call football this weekend with you. So it looks like it's going to be you and me rocking it in hour one. Eddie Steele will be with us in hour two, the nine-year CFL or Grey Cup champion, and now Edmonton Elks analyst will be with us for, uh, <clears throat> for, a, for a great football chat. But listen, here on the warm-up for Ecold Electric, as everybody knows, the Quick 6 Show Topics isn't entirely limited to football, even though it's Flame Tech Football Friday. And we'll get to those in a moment. But I got to tell you... I started last night, Ted Lasso. You did. Listen, I don't necessarily need a lesson in positivity. That guy, I think they, I feel like they split you and me and made a character into him. I, Looks you know like what? you, sounds, yeah. sounds like me. Right. No, it's, it's striking how it's like little a column A, little a column B, right? I kind of got that too. Yeah, well, biscuits with the boss. How about me bringing you coffee in for like the last year and yeah. sitting on the curb out front of the studio? The biscuits with the boy. I came up with that, not Ted Lasso. <laughs> what are you talking about? So anyways, uh, burn, through, burn through the first three, and I can kind of see where this is going, Ted Lasso. So, so thank you. Very much enjoying uh, that Apple TV special. Okay, can we get going with a quick six show horn? Please, <laughs> And I also have the comments ready to roll like from the viewers. I got everything going today. I'm super ultra prepared. And bear with me because I'm going to fly through these. Topic one, Thursday Night Football Moose. Joe Burrow spoiled Urban Meyer's return to Ohio and kept his former college coach winless on an NFL sideline. Burrow engineered four second-half scoring drives while passing for 348 yards and two touchdowns. And the Bengals overcame a 14-0 deficit to beat Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars 24-21 on Thursday Night Football. Evan McPherson won it with a 35-yard field goal as time ran out, culminating a 10-play, 73-yard drive that consumed the last five and a half minutes. By the way, they open at Bow Campers at noon Eastern for lunch. All of a sudden, it's just got crazy in here, so bear with me. Do you, uh, Obviously, I was sawing logs, as my dad would say, <laughs> by the time Evan McPherson kicked the game-winning field goal in the game last night. So I'll just say this about the game. I felt like I was watching the future of the NFL with those two number one picks, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. How did you feel watching Thursday Night Football last night? It was awesome. It was really good. And those two are the future. I mean, they both played outstanding. Um, that first half that Trevor Lawrence put together was 
was textbook. I mean, he used his legs. He used his arm. They had, we talked about them needing to get a run game going. James Robinson got that for them. So they took the pressure off. I think they had over 100 yards rushing in the first half. And then they took a frying pan to the face at the end of the first half. And they forgot everything that happened. And the second half was completely different. When Trevor Lawrence got stopped at the goal line on fourth down, right at the end of the half, that changed the entire game. They didn't run the ball in the second half. He wasn't throwing the ball that well in the second half. And Joe Burrow uh, woke up. And he hooked up with Jamar Chase for a couple of third down conversions. They moved up and down the field. The defense played well. But it was a complete tale of two halves. You got to see the good from Trevor Lawrence in the first half. You got to see the good from Joe Burrow in the second half. I thought it was a great showcase of football. And uh, probably, I would say probably exactly what you want if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. You want your quarterback to look good. You want your running back to look good. You want everything to look good. But you want to lose and still have a high pick because they're not challenging for any playoff spot this year. So... I think things turned out the way they should, but but Cincinnati's good. I didn't really know where you were going with that one. I thought you were going to say your young team and your young head coach had a 14-0 lead near uh, halftime. You had a 17-14 lead on Arizona last week in the third quarter, and you blew it in the fourth, but they're getting better. That's what I thought you meant. The Jaguars are getting better, and just I'm very happy with the Cincinnati, or for the Cincinnati football fans because they're now 3-1. and one. They've been through the muck. And hopefully the worst is behind them. They're the leaders of the AFC North. Moving ahead, the New York Yankees on point two dealt a blow to the Blue Jays' playoff chances while solidifying their own. The Yankees hit five home runs and a 6-2 win over the Blue Jays at Rogers Center. New York tightened its grip on the American League wildcard spot. The Jays fell three back of the Yankees but are still just one back of Boston for that second wild. The Jays open up a three-game season-ending set with Baltimore tonight at Rogers Center. Point three, this has to do with Super Bowl entertainment. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar will perform for the first time on stage together at Super Bowl halftime. It was announced overnight the five music icons will hit the stage February 13th at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Three of them are Southern California products. I will come back on that, Moose. Um, what, what are we at here? Point two, three. NHL preseason from last night. Over 70% of our viewers say they don't care. We do. So here's what happened. Philip Forsberg and Igor Afedaseyev each scored twice. And the Predators beat the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2 in preseason play. Jeremy Swayman made 16 saves. And Brad Marchand, Craig Smith, Brandon Carlo, and Jake DeBrus scored for Boston in a 4-2 victory over Philly. Samuel Girard broke a, three, broke a tie with 3.15 to go in Colorado's 6-4 victory over Minnesota. In Detroit, Robbie Fabry scored twice to help the Red Wings beat Buffalo 6-2 in Salt Lake City, Utah, where we're very big, Moose, as you know. Garrett Sparks made 20 saves to help Los Angeles beat Vegas 3-1. And uh, in Anaheim, James Reimer made 24 saves. And Ryan Merkley, Jeffrey Vale, and Kevin LeBlanc scored in San Jose's 3-1 victory over Anaheim. So if you want to know where James Reimer is now... He's with the San Jose Sharks. By the way, the warm-up is brought to you by Ecole Electric. Our annual fall promotion sale is on now with special pricing on hundreds of in-stock items. Ecole Electric, let's get to work. I saw with a notification, by virtue of a notification, that the Toronto Maple Leafs... Two things, like the Leafs, you just can't get away from them. As much as you want to, you can't. So they've extended head coach Sheldon Keefe's contract, I understand. 
And that documentary aired last night for the first time. I, did you see that? Yeah, I haven't watched it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but I did see the two pieces of news. And, you know, the first yeah. re response on Sheldon Keefe's contract, somebody said, this is what you do. You promote and you reward mediocrity and losing and not meeting expectations with a contract extension. I want that kind of position. But the flip side was, you know, it feels like Kyle Dubas um, giving Sheldon Keefe a little security blanket that if this year doesn't go well and they both lose their jobs, he's at least got a little two-year parachute, you know, and he kind of looking out for him a little bit as a person. Um, but I'm not reading much into it at all. I mean... You still got to perform. Doesn't mean that he's there for another two years necessarily, but uh, just a little odd. They're still paying Babcock, right? I think so. <laughs> okay. That's why he can work for free so, at the U of S. Right. So basically you're saying uh, no big deal that yes. the Toronto Maple Leafs have extended the contract of their head coach, Sheldon Keefe. By the way, I did. did I had to do a search on Joe Thornton. I'm like, what am I missing? Because tonight, the Florida Panthers are home to the Dallas Stars in NHL preseason play. I'll be there at FALA Live Arena. And Joe Thornton, again, not playing for the Panthers. This will be their fourth preseason game. And the only the search that I saw was that Jumbo Joe was dealing with a mild muscle strain late last week. That's what kept him out of the Sunday doubleheader against Nashville. But he's still not playing. And do you think, by the way, for our legions of Florida hockey viewers, of which there are many... They want to know. They're all talking about Joe Thornton. He's not playing again tonight. If you're Joe Quenville, are you saying at 42, I think, we don't need Joe Thornton in the preseason? Yeah. Is there something to that, do you think? That's what you're saying. No, you're, you're bang on. And if you're Quenville, you're saying, we don't need to see Joe Thornton. We know what Joe Thornton is. We know what we're getting from Joe Thornton. Like, Joe Thornton has earned the ability to come and go as he pleases. He doesn't have to do two-a-days. He doesn't have to play in the preseason. Joe Thornton is fine. I don't think they're worried about that. Keep those minutes. Keep that ice time for somebody who they're trying to get a look at, who's trying to make the American Hockey League team or who's trying to make the National Hockey League team. I think they're okay with it. I think if it's something that, you know, continues to linger and he can't get in at all or you're starting to worry when the season starts – then there might be a little bit of a concern that, that Joe's not right. But I think you know what you have in Joe Thornton. We're uh, warming up for E-Cold Electric here on Game Plus Television Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, including the wonderful state of Florida, where we're carried. Game Plus is on TDS Cable. Ask your cable carrier for details if you don't have it. Um, Justin Dunk was scheduled to join us here in hour one, but his flight's been delayed into the sweatpants capital, so Moose and I will be rolling with all of these topics for a little longer here in hour one. And it is Flame Tech Football Friday. It's Friday night football. You know, a lot of our viewers are screaming at their screens saying, get to the CFL. Well, tonight is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the BC Lions. I have a little preview here. At Vancouver, the 6-1 and one Blue Bombers come off the bye week, not only sporting the CFL's top record, but riding a four-game win streak and an impressive 4-0 record within the division. The Bombers lead the league in offensive touchdowns, fewest turnovers, fewest offensive points allowed, and most turnovers forced. The Lions at 4-3 and three are coming off a 31-24 home loss to Saskatchewan and drop to 1-3 and three within the West and are just 1-2 and two at BC Place, but still have the CFL's passing leader in Michael Riley. 
The Canadian Press is telling us to go with Winnipeg. BetRegal.net's telling us to go with Winnipeg at 1.5 point favorites. How are we feeling about BC and Winnipeg tonight in this matchup, Moose? And if I could just say one more, I love me some lucky whitehead. He's Dallas Cowboys alum. He's been on this show a couple of times, but I was a little surprised he was named player of the month in the CFL. How many times was he struck by the fumble Ruski one week ago tonight with the BC Lions against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Like, yeah, it's at least twice he fumbled, including with the game on the line in the final 20 seconds. I don't really understand how Lucky Whitehead's the player of the month, unless he's been that great. And I know that he leads the CFL in receiving. And I think he is the most exciting player in the West Division. But I just, I don't know that I'm giving a guy player of the month when he has a tough time holding on to the football in critical situation. Uh, that's a tough one, but he's had a great month. He's a good player. He's had a, he's having a really good year in BC too. Um, but I'm like, yeah. this, this game I'm looking forward to because there won't be a crossover with BC or with Winnipeg. So this is a West Division final preview potentially. I mean, the odds will tell you that BC, they're considering BC maybe the second best team in the, in the West right now even though they're coming off a loss to Saskatchewan. It's how good the BC Lions are this year and what a turnaround it's been under yep. Mike Riley and what they've been able to do. Um, one and a half points, it's not a lot. It's razor thin. And BC let that game slip away last week against Saskatchewan. Mistakes, the shank putt at the end that even set Saskatchewan up to have a chance to come down the field and score. BC is going to be digging in a little extra this week. I feel like they've got something to prove. I kind of want to go with the Lions if you're giving me a point and a half. Well, there's usually one upset. Usually there's at least one upset of the CFL, despite the fact there are only four games. So maybe tonight's the night. It's a 10 o'clock Eastern kickoff. Winnipeg and BC on Friday Night Football. Let's uh, sprinkle in some of the viewer comments here. Um... They have thoughts on this, plus Joe Thornton from the Puck and Pigskin podcast in Red Deer, Alberta. Friday Night Football. Let's go, Lucky and the Lions. Uh, cheering against Winnipeg, obviously. From Adam Ridioff in Hamilton, he says, I would love to see BC get a win, especially after last week's letdown. Watch out for those Cats, by the way. Probably we'll talk about them next segment. They got Montreal tomorrow in the first of a doubleheader, a Saturday doubleheader in the CFL. Ticats favored by two and a half at betregal.net. And I was reading the game notes, Moose. The Ticats have not allowed over 20 points. They've held their last five opponents to sub 20 points. The defense in Hamilton is not getting enough credit. And I almost wonder if because of the dog's breakfast their offense has been, you know, Devere Posey, they cut him yesterday. They've had the issues on the offensive line. If more attention's been placed on defense and the defensive coordinator, Mark Washington, I just wonder about that. It's not a coincidence that the Ticats are on this remarkable run going into week nine. Um, from Mandy at Edmonton, she says, ooh, Winnipeg and BC, this may be a pre-show for the Grey Cup final game. I don't know if that would happen. Regarding Jumbo Joe, Larry dies watching in Madison Hat. He says, if Thornton would shave his beard, he could move faster. <laughs> well, we know certain NHLers that shave parts of their bodies to skate faster, right, Moose? We know that. <laughs> We're not going to name who. 
Are we knuckles? Uh, <laughs> yeah, manscaped. We're not going to get into that. Uh, oh, Ooh. Jennifer Illingworth, by the way. You see what she's writing? From the Four Seasons, Jennifer says, opening night for the dub tonight. Woohoo! Well, <clears throat> listen, we love ourselves some major junior hockey. We are North America wide on this show. So I wrote down, this is my last point before we break and come back and break down all of this a little more. The CHL Top 10. Okay, going into the year, released. And I we got time. In a minute, I'll run them down. From 10 to 1. Number 10, the Winnipeg Ice. I could have told you that. I might have had them higher than 10th. From number 9, the Shawinigan Cataract. Number 8, the Windsor Spitfires. Number 7, the Acadie Bathurst Tetone. Number 6, the Portland Winterhawks. Number 5, the Barry Colts. Number 4, the Kingston Frontenac. And Shane Wright. Number three, the St. John Sea Dogs, who are, incidentally, the Memorial Cup hosts, are they not? Number two, the Quebec Rampart and their wonderful head coach and GM, whom I love, Patrick Waugh. And the number one team in the Canadian Hockey League are the Edmonton Oil Kings, who, by the way, the Arizona Coyotes returned yesterday, Dylan Genther, their best player. So, yes, my team, God's team, the Regina Pats did not crack the top 10. Your team, the Saskatoon Blades, did not either. But we can talk about uh, their opening weekend matchups when we come back and all of these other topics. But we need to take a break right now. This has been the warm-up for Recode Electric. we got a lot to get through today. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.